Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Moody, and uh, tonight is the last night on Blog Talk Radio, so uh, I want to say thank you guys. Uh, we are going to be transferring over to Indie Film Cafe and doing it once a month as well, once again, so uh, it'll be back, but it'll be on the Indie Film Cafe one. So uh, tune into the Facebook to find out more information. All right, uh, until then, uh, we've got an awesome guest tonight. We've got John, uh, John T. Trigonis here. How you doing, John? I'm doing great, Jonathan. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. So, um, first of all, um, we've got some, I've got some great questions for you. I'm really excited. Uh, we're going to be talking mainly about the writer's process because that's what this podcast is all about. So, um, a lot more writer questions than I'm sure you're used to getting. But uh, I'm excited about that. So um, yeah, same here. To kick this off. <laughs> so to kick this off, we got uh, when did you first start falling in love with writing? Yeah, so probably when I was 13 years old. I um, up until that point, I had been like a kind of visual artist kind of kid, uh, just dabbling with like drawing comic books and things like that, or drawing like pictures of Batman and you know superheroes and stuff. I had a kind of knack for it. Um, I can still to this day draw a pretty darn good Ninja Turtle uh, if I need to. But uh, nice. at one point, you know, uh, I I remember uh, and this is going to sound total cliche but I, you know, got my heart broken when I was a 13-year-old kid from a, from a girl who was going to move away and I was never going to see her again and I didn't know how to cope with it. So I, I actually just started writing just of what turned out to be my very first poem, even though it didn't rhyme, it didn't have any kind of any kind of meter. I didn't even know anything about poetry, but I somehow knew it was a poem. And when I finished writing it and I read it to myself, I felt so much better. And right from then, I kind of knew I had a little something, or at least that I liked writing because of that feeling that it gave me of catharsis and just feeling better about certain situations and understanding those situations. And yeah, just right from there, I kept on going. I moved from poetry. Poetry is still my, my number one thing, the closest thing to my heart, or the one, the one relationship, you know, that, that, you know, doesn't kind of, kind of screw with you, you know, I mean, although, you know, my fiance doesn't ever screw with me. She's, she's pretty awesome. Uh, but uh, poetry is that thing that's there for you at all times, at all costs. No matter what, it won't ever leave you. And from that, I kind of started evolving outward into different types of writing. Um, I actually did, was doing fan fiction before I even knew that was a thing. I would uh, tell stories based on Castlevania games primarily. Uh, I would look at the box art on the Castlevania Nintendo games from back in the day, and I would create my own stories about Simon Belmont and fighting Dracula and visiting new towns and eradicating the vampire hordes, you know, and then, yeah, from there, uh, ultimately, I, I kind of then turned into, uh, turned into like a screenwriter and, and different types of, uh, you know, writer, 
uh, just kind of whatever fit my mood. Never, never really made a dime on any of it. Uh, but then again, when you, when you do writing and you get a degree in creative writing or two degrees in my case in creative writing, you're basically making a pack that you will never make a living out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, but, uh, I guess that leads me up to my next question. Um, I guess you kind of, well, well, no, no, you haven't answered this at all, but, uh, when you first began writing, uh, not necessarily when you did like the poetry, but when you did like the screenplays that you started and things like that, did you have mm-hmm. certain habits that have changed now that uh, now that you've written a lot more? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm trying to think of a specific example, but like I definitely don't approach writing in the same way. Um, for many years, specifically with poetry, but even with with novel writing, you know. It was kind of like I was a big believer in the inspiration, the muse. Uh, And for poetry, yes, I still kind of follow the same pattern. The only difference with poetry is I revise a lot more with all of the insights that I've gained from, you know, probably about whatever, 20-something years of doing it, um, you know, and and speaking it out uh, at, at events. You kind of get to hear how something sounds watching an audience's reaction to what you're saying, you can kind of say, oh, that doesn't really work or that didn't land well. Let me go back and revise it. So for me, a poem is, is the kind of thing that's never really finished, but I've pretty much kept that same concept of I have to be inspired. Something has to hit me. It could be a line. It could be something I read. It could be something I see visually. It could be just me walking by a bunch of people doing something on a, on a train that would just get me inspired, give me a spark of inspiration, and then I can kind of go down from there. Um, with terms of, like, screenwriting and novel writing, I definitely had to learn uh, more of the formatting and the typical storytelling structure because, you know, I didn't know that as a, as a kid, definitely not as a kid, uh, all I kind of knew was, like, when I watched movies, I kind of understood it. I kind of got what the writer was doing. Um, but I didn't know about, you know, story structure or definitely not screenplay format. That was a, that was a hellish, uh, hellish education right there. Um, but I did read, you know, the standard things, Joseph Campbell's uh, Hero with a Thousand Faces. You kind of get that, that kind of really demystifies the whole process. So, Whenever I write a screenplay or a novel, I'm kind of outlining more now, and I never used to do that even five years ago. But now I'm kind of outlining a little bit just to make sure that I have an actual story that's worth my time because the older we get, the less time we got, and the more you kind of think about the time that you're spending. And if I'm not 100% sure that, like, my next pieces of writing is actually going to do anything substantial for me, I probably won't spend my time writing it if it's a if it's a novel or a screenplay. I'll just be like, you know what? No, I don't see how I can make this happen. I'm just gonna skip that and see if another idea hits me or see what else I can come up with. Um, so I'm a little more discerning about uh, my longer form writing, whether it's a screenplay or a novel, uh, you know, than I than I would be for a poem. Uh, and back in the day when I when I used to write, you know, even or not even back in the day, like. A few years ago, I I wrote a novel on the train uh, on my phone during my morning and evening commute uh, for about 10 minutes at a time. And I've actually written four novels that way. Nothing's been done with them yet, but it was just a kind of exercise in keeping me writing while I had a full-time job. And uh, that taught me a lot about how to really 
connect the story together. Um, but I, but thinking now, I would never probably do that ever again, even though I have four novels that if I spend time revising, I possibly could hopefully land an agent or find a book publisher for, for them. Um, but now I'm, I'm a lot more, like I said, discerning about, you know what, I, I don't want to, if it's not going to really do something, I don't want to even spend my time on it, you know, at this point. So I yeah. think that answers some of that question, if not, if not more. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, it, it definitely answered more because I always like to hear that, uh, you know, if, if something's not helping you or whatever, it's hindering you, you know, from, from mm-hmm. crap, so you'd like to, to get away from that. Um, a lot of people think that my podcast, you know, because I do a lot of them, uh, are hindering my filmmaking and my writing. But, you know, I haven't made them living on anything yet, you know? <laughs> like, mm. you know, seriously, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So uh, the day that I start making a living off of something, you know, then I'll start worrying about, you know, all the other stuff. Anything you know that's what I mean? hindering like, it, yeah. Or my feet. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, I've definitely, I've also definitely like, you know, seen, you know, certain aspects like, cause again, I would, I would sometimes, uh, I, I'm trying to be more of a writer now than I ever was. Like I've kind of gotten away from filmmaking. I, I did that for, for 10 years where I was making basically a, a short film a year. My first short film turned into a feature, um, you know, many years ago cause I had no idea what I was doing and I had a 30 page script and you know, we didn't know how to shoot it, so it turned into an hour and a half long movie. Um, so you <laughs> kind of learn nice. as you go. Yeah, it was. I mean, well, nothing really was done with it because it was a little, a little ahead of its time, um, in in a in a good and a bad way. Uh, but um, but you know, through those through all of those experiences, we we kind of learn. I've learned the process um, a bit a bit more firmly. Where you know, I I can now say to myself like. I can almost predict like what's going to be hot in, in, in the future or like in a couple of years. And I'll try to kind of aim to tell a story in that way. But now I'm also very conscientious of the fact that as indie filmmakers or indie, you know, writers, um, you really have, to, it's not just about a good story. You, you have to have the whole package, you know, and or you have to, you have to be on the platforms. That's the word they like to hear now, you know, like, oh, what platform is you going to release this on? You know, otherwise nobody's going to talk to you about, you know, distribution or anything like that, even though it's a lot easier to get distribution for a short film or any kind of film nowadays than it was 15, 20 years ago. Uh, but right. my whole idea of going into filmmaking was because I wrote a, sh- I wrote a crappy poem, really, um, one year that I, I admitted to myself was a piece of crap. And then I was like, oh, maybe it doesn't want to be a poem. Maybe it wants to be a movie because I kind of see it as a movie. And that, you know, to, to dedicate myself to that story that I was telling in this bad poem, I learned how to be a filmmaker, first a screenwriter to write a script. And then ultimately, you know, I, I kind of took it from there and, and said, all right, well, I, I got to make it now because the screenplay, you're not going to, people don't want to read this stuff. You know, they want to, the blueprint, they got to see the movie. So I guess I got to become a filmmaker. And that was like 10 years of that. And that took me away from writing a bit, even though I was writing the stories, but I wasn't writing as much poetry. I definitely wasn't even working on novels at that point um, because it veered me away from the filmmaking part and learning that curve took me away from a lot of the learning curve that I could have been doing as a writer. All in all, it led me to this moment in time talking to you 
So obviously there's no regrets. There's none of that. But it was kind of interesting how, yes, yeah, sometimes we can be hindered by something. And then I can just then 10 years later say, okay, I'm done with being a filmmaker because too expensive of a hobby. Let me focus on being a, a full-time writer in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, definitely. Um, is your the first film that you were talking about, is that available or not? It is not. Uh, I did that in a, in a time before. Um, <laughs> I was done in 2004, I think. So it was a little bit before even like digital downloads were a thing. So we had we had made 50 DVDs of it. Uh, and they were all gone, and uh, yeah, it was just yeah. I and mean, we didn't even think as filmmakers to have even uh, a, any kind of a digital file whatsoever, um, oh, you know, man. except oh, what man. was uh, you know what was there. So that one's lost, uh, as are most of my films, except for like the last two that I've done, uh, you know, which kind of brought me brought me where I am today. Yeah. So, so are you? Gotta, gotta are always you think still? About that. Are you? Well, you know, you could remake it if you liked it enough or yeah. something. Or yeah, I didn't like it that something much. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Unless somebody wants to pay but, for it, that's fine. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> out there want to pay for John's, uh, uh, John, to remake John's first movie, um, go ahead. Uh, yeah, that's uh, it. it would, you would uh, not have to, I guess you can't do it on Indiegogo because you probably wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> Yeah, you know? no, maybe not, maybe uh, not. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so uh, uh, you know, it's going to that because it sounds like uh, that leads me to my next question, which um, is: Are you? Your, do you feel like you are your own worst critic? And it sounds like you sort of are a little bit. So, can you mm-hmm. talk to us about that? Yeah, totally. I'm definitely my own worst critic. Although I've gotten better. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be like 42 in, in February of next year. So, uh, one, you know, one thing I've, I've definitely learned is yes, you're going to be your own worst critic, but you also got to learn how to take criticism one from other people, but also you need to learn how to take compliments when people compliment you and not focus on all the negative things that you see in a piece of work that you yourself know is there um, because nobody likes a self-deprecating artist in 2019 and nobody's going to like that person moving forward. And that's what I was for a very long time. And it's not like you, you become self-deprecating because, you know, you're just a bitter person. You know, I'm probably one of the most positive people, you know, from what I've been told that a lot of people meet. But yes, when it comes to my work, I'm highly critical because I do focus on those negativities. Um, even yesterday, I did a I did a poetry reading at an art gallery for this uh, citywide arts event, and yeah, there was, there was a decent crowd, and you know everybody was complimenting me afterwards. And for the first time in a very, you know, for the first time ever, I could actually be like, yes, no, that was a pretty good uh, that was a pretty good reading. Thank you so much. You know, I'm very appreciative you came here. And instead of like, yeah, yeah, you know, I just felt like the audience, you know, maybe some of the poems weren't landing on them right or, you know, because that's what I would think. And years ago, I would actually say that, yeah, you know, it could have been better, could have done this. And it can always be better. It's always gonna, can be better. But at the moment, you just have to, as, a, as an artist moving forward in the future, into the future, we have to learn how to, how to take the compliments and take a little bit of praise. You know, we're not entitled to that phrase by any means. I come from a generation that is 
definitely not entitled. Um, but damn it, we are entitled to a tiny bit of praise, and we should be able to smile about it, um, no matter how hard of a critic we are. But yes, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, even a couple of days ago, I worked on a poem, you know, or a, uh, you know, a piece of my writing. And, and I, I tried it out at an open mic, and it, it went well. But as I was reciting it, I was fixing it as well. Uh, so, you know, that, that's just how it's going to be. And even with, uh, with my novel that I'm working on currently, I, I'm in the process of revising it, and I, I had to really look at myself to know that I've been doing the same mistake, and it's not a mistake, but in my head it is, for many years. And my fiance gave the gave the first two chapters a read, and I kind of knew exactly what she was going to say before she even read it. And with that in mind, I finally was able to just say, you know what? Let me let me make this let me make this acceptable to people because I have a tendency in my novel writing to be a bit esoteric, a bit um, heady. I try to get you know I try to I word salad stuff a little bit, and I'm finally breaking that habit. And finding that I'm still able to create really memorable moments and lines, but not every line has to try to be memorable because then what happens is nothing's memorable. And then you don't get an agent, you don't get published, etc. So, again, every day is a kind of learning experience, but that was one thing where I had to really look at myself and say, Tredonis, you need to, you need to stop being so, you know, freaking heady about your writing because nobody wants to read that stuff nowadays, you know, and it's, and it's okay. We got to write, you know, cause without an audience, I'm nobody. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. Cause, uh, you have to, you know, you, you have to kind of succumb to what an audience would want, not just what you would want, you know, as, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's, it's funny how many writers, uh, all want um, to kind of, you know, oh, this is my movie, this is my script, this is my whatever, you know what I mean? But yep. really, filmmaking is not uh, is not a, you know, if you just want to be a writer and have nobody read, you know, have nobody make your movie, that's, you know, one thing. But if you want to actually, you know, get your movie made, you have to, like, understand what the audience is going to want, not what you would, just what you'd want. You know. Mhm. Yeah. No. And and it's becoming that way more and more. Like we got to think about that audience a little bit. You still, I still believe that we as writers, we have to. You have to write what you know. We have to write what we want to write. And we're living in a great time where that is absolutely possible. You can write whatever you want to write, and somebody's gonna get it. Somebody's gonna buy it. And you know what? If they don't buy it, self-publish it. Put it out there. There's so many ways to get it to an audience. But there is an audience for it, but you gotta kind of keep that in mind, you know. And and again, yes, you could be a writer and never share any of your work, but I don't know, man. Like I'm Greek, we have a natural immortality complex where, like, you know, we want to be immortal, we want to be remembered, um, you know, <clears throat> since you know Achilles and stuff, you know. So yeah, this is the way to do it. But if you're not putting it out there, and for many years I didn't put it out there because I was busy writing it. Now I'm trying to put it more out there. But if you don't put it out there, nobody's ever going to know who the hell you were. And then what did you live for? Exactly. Did, if, you can't, if you can't touch people in that way with your words and your writing, what good are you to this life? That's a little hard. Exactly. But, you know, it's, it's the absolute truth. 
Right. I mean, you can write a million scripts, but, you know, if none of them connect with an audience, then they're never going to get made. Yep. Good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, how do you deal with uh, writer's block? You know, I don't believe in it. <laughs> really? That's kind of how I. That's kind of how I deal with it. Um, yeah. Yes and no. Like I've definitely hit moments where I'm stumped, but it. And, and honestly, it's very rare when it happens. I, I can probably count on my one hand how many times, and I think it's probably happened about four times in my life, where I was just stumped. I couldn't figure out what to write. Uh, and usually, when I get that way, those times when I got that way, I would just write in my journal nonstop as long as I needed to, not, not nonstop, but I would write for about like 20 minutes straight on, not lifting up the pen because I had this metaphor of like sometimes creativity and the creative process is like a a toilet bowl. You know, Um, you want to get to the good shit, but sometimes it gets stuffed up and you got to really plunge that stuff to make it, to make all that crappy stuff that you're writing go down so that you can release the good stuff. Um, you know, it's a weird metaphor, uh, and, and it kind of makes, I think it makes more sense to me than, than when I actually say it. Um, but yeah, I was, you know, I've gotten stuffed up with like a lot of bad crap, and, and I had to just like plunge it and purge it uh, in my journal. And, you know, when you're doing it, you just got to admit, like, hey, I'm going to write a bunch of crap for a while, and it's okay, because at one point, some of that crap starts this you start seeing gems in there uh, that you're like, oh, that's a nice little nugget. Let me take that. Let me pick that up. And then ultimately, uh, once it's all kind of flushed out of your system, now the good stuff starts coming, and you'll notice it immediately uh, in the writing. That's been my my process. Um, but I've I've heard a lot about like the writer's block, not knowing what to write, and I think it's also because I'm a primarily a poet. And I have a fascination and a love of, of words and being economical with words that I find beauty in just about any line. Even it could be the most ugly line written, I can always find ways to kind of tweak it up and, and rephrase it. When I do get a little overstumped, which sometimes happens, I, I typically listen to some music. Um, you know, a lot of Tom Waits, a lot of, a lot of artists like that, you know, um, Leonard Cohen things that are very musical in terms of the lyrics that they use. And that usually helps spark my own creative process as well. And, and get some of that writer's block taken care of. But like I said, I've been, I've been very fortunate. Um, the only, the only real writer's block I do suffer from is wanting to be all types of writer at the same moment in time. And sometimes it just ain't enough time in the universe to, to do all that. You know, it's like for a long time I was just writing poetry and that was it. And then I wrote that bad poem that wanted to be a, a, a film, you know, or a screenplay. So I had to learn how to become a screenwriter. And the poetry kind of sat in the back a little bit and I wasn't writing as much. And now that I'm writing novels primarily, you know, I've got like one uh, one cyberpunk novel I'm working on. And, you know, at the same time I'm working on a TV pilot you know, that I'm trying to pitch out there, but it's like, even that feels like it's two, two different styles. And now I'm trying to figure out like the business part of it, of how to get it out there, which is a whole other art science and, and, you know, craft in and of itself. Uh, so, and even proposal writing, that's a whole other thing. 
You know, like I, I typically try not to write the full novel or the full book. Like I have a lot of book proposals that I've sent out to publishers because I don't want to, you know, they ask me for sample pages. I'm like, well, I don't want to write the book until, you know, you, uh, you agree that it's something you guys would actually want. And if you need a writing sample, well, I have a published book. I have two published books. I have a comic book. I can send you all this stuff. Um, you know, so that, that's kind of one way, but writing a proposal is a completely different form of writing and it's hard to juggle. And in that sense, that's kind of when I hit, uh, I wouldn't really call it a writer's block because the stuff still flows, but it's just, it's more like you come to a, you know, a fork in the river and you got to dam up a couple of streams in order to flow all your energy into this one, into this one arena but you don't want to dam them up because you're kind of afraid that if you dam them up for too long, that no water will ever pass through those when you try to undam them. Does that kind of make sense? That's a weird metaphor I just made up right now. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. totally makes sense. Uh, Works. Um, Yeah, no, I, I kind of subscribe to the Kevin Smith philosophy of writer's block, which is I don't get writer's block. I get writer's leave. You know, where I'd rather mm. watch TV or look at YouTube or or do something else rather than write. You know, um, mm. I'm just not oh, yeah. in the mood. And so that's what I believe is writer's block really these days is, especially with my ADHD. Like, mm. I'm, you know what I mean? It's really hard for me to focus if I'm not actually 100% focused. If if you yeah. get that. That totally makes sense. I, I, yeah, I, I forgot about Kevin Smith's uh, that 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 idea of writer's block. I can definitely uh, I appreciate that as well. And and lately, I'm subscribing to that a little bit too much. <laughs> uh, but you know, by choice, I guess. I mean, we all need a little downtime to get some inspiration. You know, and that's how it comes some days. Yeah, me. I haven't I haven't written anything in a while, and. And it's because I've been focused on my own movie that I'm trying to fund, you know, crowdfund and everything. But I'm also, you know, focused on uh, like a move, you know, getting ready for a move mm. for next year to LA. So like there's oh, so wow. much going on at once that it's just like, uh, and it's so funny. I'm I'm leaving to go to LA at the same time everybody's leaving to go to Atlanta. So I almost feel like right now is the best perfect time, you know to kind of go because um, uh, everybody's leaving for, you know, Atlanta. And so that means hopefully there'll be more jobs out in LA. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, sure. well, we'll see. Um, so anyway, uh, I guess uh, we're almost out of time. So what I wanted to kind of uh, do is talk. Definitely. I want to uh, ask you about your, original horror comic that you had crowdfunded. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, uh, that was actually, I, I originally wanted that to be a, you know, a movie. I never thought of myself going into trying to make a comic book, um, even though I've loved comic books for years, uh, you know, and graphic novels. But I had this idea, and I was like, man, this is going to be a great little short film, but shoot, it's going to cost me way too much money. It's a period piece. Why do I do this to myself? Um, you know, and it just, just all these questions hit me. And then I said, you know what? I know this artist, uh, Lauren Clemente, you know, who's actually a, a former student of mine uh, when I taught at Georgia City uh, NJCU, uh, Georgia City University. 
and uh, you know she had, she had a great noir style. So I decided let's let's try to work together. Uh, neither one of us had ever done a comic book, which was a pro and a con, uh, and ultimately you know led to the fact that there's only two issues available. Um, but uh, yeah, we did the first comic book, uh, the first issue. And it's basically about a uh, siren from the sea, a mythological siren who gets fed up with her man-eating ways and decides to become an actress in 1940s Hollywood, uh, which, uh, you know, is where all the the man-eaters go, I guess. Um, And, yeah, we ran a campaign. We raised, uh, you know, ultimately we raised $5,612 on a, I think it was a $2,000 goal. Um, So we were able to actually take the remainder of the money and make a second issue uh, and yeah, I mean, we, we, we had some, you know, we had some, some good stuff in there. Uh, but ultimately, you know, making a comic is a lot, is a big investment uh, of time, especially for the artist. For me as the writer, I'm just like, I can write, you know, like that doesn't take me long. And once I got the format down, thanks to like Dark Horse Comics, uh, tutorial and sample, uh, sample script pages, um, you know, I was kind of able to do the script. And they were pretty easy, but, you know, as the old saying goes, you know, writing a scene with 100,000 soldiers is easy. Drawing it is something entirely different. Yeah. So, yeah, there's two issues available. Um, you know, I usually, I, I even sell them through Instagram. Uh, you know, I tell people direct message me and, and stuff like that because occasionally they'll be like, hey, no, you did a comic book. I'd like to read it. So, but that's, that was a cool experience. Um, but, yeah, I kind of, you know, it kind of fell by the wayside and, you know, the uh, the illustrator and I parted ways business wise. We're still good friends, but uh, we parted ways here because it was a lot. It was definitely a lot. Yeah, taught wow. me a lot. Taught me taught me mainly that I like to uh, you know I like to work alone, um, which I I can't you know and it's not a it's not a popular thing nowadays. Everybody likes the collaboration and stuff like that, and I'm I'm not into it. I'm like you know I, if I could do all these things, uh, I, I would I would be able to you know, do more stuff, but, you know, if I have an idea for a, a movie, I got to work with people, you know, it's just, that's an army. Mm-hmm. Comic book is a similar thing. You got to work with someone. Writing a novel, you don't have to work with anybody. So I think that's why the older exactly. I get, the more I'm liking writing novels. Cause it's like, I just got to answer hopefully to an agent and an editor. And I will be very happy to do both of those things. Exactly. I always think that's why Quentin Tarantino wants to write novels when he's done making movies, you know, because he's one of those people I feel like, even though he gets his way, you know, he's one of the only people that's able to do basically carte blanche, whatever he wants. Um, Mm -hmm. I I still feel like he doesn't like to work with people. Like, he likes to, you know, you know what I mean? Be the boss of his own, you know, thing. So, probably writing novels would be best for him. You know. No, totally. I mean, uh. there's 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 a pro, there's pros and cons to both, right? I mean, I always loved working with the actors. That was my favorite part. But the minute somebody you know tried to give me feedback on the script, I was like, mm, you know, and then I would get upset because I was a hot-headed younger kid. You know, I was like, I was a hot-headed, you know, like, oh, that is better than mine, but I don't want to admit that. So, but we'll use it anyway. You know, it's like <laughs> it's like this bitterness of of the collaborative process. And and now everybody was all about that, you know, and I, and I get it. I see why it's why it's cool, you know. I mean, it's also like startups do that a lot. Uh, they love collaboration, and and I think that's kind of caught on in every field. But you know, I still believe that like you know, it should be a person's, you know, there should be an auteur who who you you know who everybody kind of answers to, and 
you know, if this ain't going to work, it's not going to work. You know, it's not, you didn't write it. And for me, right. the writing is the important part. That's why I never became a director. That's why, I, I mean, I've directed two films and I did it for money and, and I hated every minute of it because I didn't have any, um, I didn't have any attachment to the material. It wasn't mine because I didn't write it. Uh, and for me, it just was a job. And it's like, if this is a job, I don't want to do it, you know? So, you know, right. that's why I'm kind of like all about the written word and then whatever form it has to take. Well, then I go that direction. And hopefully lately it's going to take the form of a poem or a novel, you know, and, and, and stop at that. But we'll see. I don't know what the future holds. <laughs> Are you going to be uh, making a uh, a collection of your poetry? I am. I'm actually, it'll be my first, uh, I've done a lot of chapbooks in the past, uh, which were like small poetry books, uh, usually about 16 or so poems, but I'm working on uh, my first full length book length, uh, manuscript called pale imitations of a rusty old nightclub performer. And I'm hoping to have that out in February for my birthday. That's going to be my birthday present. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Cause I um, always myself in too many years. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, now you wrote a book called "Crowdfunding for Filmmakers: The Way to Be uh, the Way to a Successful Film Campaign." Uh, can you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about that? Yeah, um, it is. Uh, it is the, from what I've heard, the definitive crowdfunding guide for filmmakers and and other other types of people. But um, yeah, I, when I when I crowdfunded my short film Cerise, I think it was back in 2010. Um, you know, it was a successful campaign. I raised 6,000 bucks uh, on a $5,000 goal. And I basically was getting hit up a lot by people wanting to know how did I do it. I had an interesting campaign. My campaign video, people loved it. And I was giving all this free advice because I didn't realize you could charge for your advice. Now I do, which is great. Um, but, you know, I didn't know back then. So I was just like, you know, taking the time, helping people. And I was sacrificing my own writing and my own stuff. And then it was my fiance who basically said, like, you know, you're really losing sight of your creative stuff by helping all these people. It's great. You love to help people. You're a natural professor, but you need to work on your stuff. And I said, well, what am I supposed to do? And, you know, and I made a joke. I said, am I supposed to write a book about this thing? And she's dead, you know, deadpan, serious, was like, yeah, you should. So I said, you know what? Let's see. Wrote a proposal. I sent it on Twitter to a, uh, a person who was working for Focal Press. Uh, you know, I sent it to this person who happened to be following me because one of my followers had written a book that he got published through Focal Press. And I pitched it right on Twitter to her, and she gave me the info to her editor, pitched it to him on an email. He basically said, this is great. I'm, we're going to take two weeks market research, find out what crowdfunding is. And that was a red flag because I'm like, whoa, whoa, you don't know what crowdfunding is? you're not the right publisher for me. So I went to their direct competition, Michael Weesey Productions, sent them the same proposal. They reached back out to me within the day. I had a phone call two days later, and within the week, I had a signed contract in advance in the mail, and I was writing crowdfunding for filmmakers, which the original title was The Dow. I'm a Taoist. The Dow of crowdfunding for filmmakers, uh, and they suggested a title change to make it more marketable. But when you read the book, there's a big, heavy Taoism component, uh, and that's why it also has the subtitle The Way to a Successful Film Campaign. Uh, so, and then, yeah, and then through that, I basically got my gig at Indiegogo through Twitter as well. Twitter's been very good to me over the years. Now it's starting to suck, 
but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been pretty good to me. Like I got a full time job for the last five years through Twitter, and uh, you know I kind of put my book out there, and I put out a lot of I still put out a lot of free advice as you've probably seen. Um, I try to do it, you know, as much daily as possible, but you know sometimes I'm trying to also limit how much I put out because now I'm now that I'm freelance. I do have to kind of charge for that advice because that's how I get paid that and teaching a few classes in public speaking and writing here and there. Uh, so yeah, but it's, the book's been good to me. Uh, it's got two editions and I was thinking of writing a third edition, but I'm keeping a very close eye on crowdfunding and the current situation. And I kind of think that it's not really going to be a thing in another two years. So, or it's basically going to be so ubiquitous that nobody's really going to like, and then we're already seeing it now where like people, it's hard to get even, you know, big, big films from, uh, you know, major players funded because, you know, it's just, it's everybody's doing it, you know, and, and there's only right. so much money to go around from the general public. So it's definitely hit its plateau and it's kind of starting. It's, it's natural, you know, down, down slope. Uh, so we'll see, but yeah, I kind of I kind of ditched the idea of a third expanded edition where I was also going to talk about fundraising, gaming campaigns, music campaigns, and uh, comic book campaigns since I've had a hand in all of those types. Right. Definitely. Uh, well, yeah. There you go. So the publishing um, world's been good. Thank- yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, we're almost out of time, so I just wanted to uh, yeah. Lastly, ask like uh, first of all, like what are you up to now? That uh, what, what what do you got going on? Yeah, now um, yeah, I'm basically working on as I met, I, I briefly alluded to before. I work I'm working on a uh, TV pilot uh, called Alternative State, uh, which is basically like an '80s uh, a '90s kind of period piece. Um, about about nice. headbangers in the 90s, and I'm also working on a cyberpunk novel called Breather, uh, which was actually based on a, a, a kind of scary moment where I, I thought I was going to die. I, I couldn't catch my breath, uh, and apparently it was some kind of weird attack, um, but I'm totally healthy and, and life is good, but it gave me this idea of a world where you can count your breath and, you know, what happens if you want more breath. So uh, that's been kind of fun, and that's actually with an agent right now. Uh, I was well, I was fortunate enough to get an introduction made, and, and an agent has that. So knock on some wood in this little room I'm in that uh, he gets back to me with at least some good thoughts and maybe wants to meet me. Outside of that, I'm teaching, and I am uh, consulting uh, on crowdfunding campaigns, uh, and I'm hoping to figure out, you know, what the next uh, the next the next. 10 years of uh, John Trigonis look like, and I have no idea what that's going to look like, but uh, kind of excited about the journey. I want to kind of do something totally different than I've ever done, but it's always going to have writing will always be a main component of that life, no matter what. Yeah. Kind of like wandering the cosmos in search of, uh, you know, in search of uh, seven characters without names or something. I don't know, whatever that book was. Well, that's awesome. I'm I'm hoping next year we see your TV show pilot uh, get picked up and uh, made. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be that would be something else. That would probably you know make my uh, make my day. But uh, at least for the moment, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Um, how can people reach you? 
Oh, man, Twitter and Instagram, and, and it's easy. It's just Trigonis, my last name, T-R-I-G-O-N-I-S. That's where I hang out virtually, and, uh, you know, that's basically me, yeah, literally only two places. I've kind of uh, kind of cut out Facebook in my life, which feels really good. Um, I kind of forget that it exists sometimes, uh, which is so awesome. Is it because it's so hmm? negative, or like what's uh, what's your deal with that? Yeah, it's, it's it's partially. I mean, I got I got great friends on there, but the problem is, I I mean, it's going to sound terrible. I don't care about like seeing people's feeds. I don't, you know, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't really care. Um, and and it's just kind of it's kind of a time suck. The only reason I kind of stay on it and don't delete my account is because I'm a I'm a toy seller on the side. And I'm a I'm a huge fan of the Mask, uh, the old '80s show Mask uh, TV series. Right. Uh, so there's a lot of awesome groups and a lot of awesome people that I've met through Facebook uh, that just share a lot of great content about that series. So that's really my only reason for being there. But like, I have over 200 friend requests that I completely ignored, um, and I just I just don't like it. And I don't like you know the fact that it's a big marketing machine and that you know. Mark Zuckerberg is making all this money off of uh, the demise of privacy. Um, you know, it's it's rough. Plus, I've been reading this, yeah. uh, this book by uh, Gia Tolentino called Trick Mirror, and that's really made me absolutely despise what marketers and startups like Facebook are doing to the human consciousness. But I will uh, – we can get to that on another podcast. <laughs> I've got <laughs> Maybe a lot, we will. A lot of thoughts. Yeah. Let but me yeah, no, but you're in again, LA and maybe we'll hang out and we'll do another podcast. Seriously, man, I need to like I need to get my butt out to LA uh just because I have so many people that I have met that I really like. And yeah, it would be great to kind of meet you in person and and actually catch up with a lot of these people. I'm all about in real life as much as possible, but man, I do love my my Twitter people and my and my Instagram folks, you know, they they keep me uh they keep me somewhat sane. We'll see if uh, Facebook messes up messes up Instagram worse than they already have. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Um it's really funny. Uh I just figured out that uh you know, after trying for a few freaking months already to get uh the writer's process on Apple uh Apple Podcast, one of the main mm. reasons I was leaving because Blog Talk Radio is makes it really difficult to uh, control your content. Um, uh, I uh, They finally have uploaded all of them. So they are on iTunes. They are on Apple Podcasts. So, uh, please subscribe. Um, also check out Indie Film Cafe, which will have uh, brand new episodes starting in January, the first Monday in January. So um, there you go. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you so much, John. Uh, this was an awesome podcast and uh, a great way to kind of leave this, you know, show behind and, uh, you know, start mm. fresh uh, next year. Nice. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Best of luck with the uh, the podcast and everything you're doing, man. And, and get writing. Get writing. That's your homework. I know. I need to finish one script so I can hopefully get some money off of it. <laughs> but uh, Good, man. thank Do you it. so Do much. Now's the time. <laughs> Take care, man. All right. You have a great night. And everybody else, thank you guys so much for this wonderful time uh, that I had on the show. Um, the uh, awesome guests I've had so far. I uh, expect some repeats uh, next year because in L.A. I know a few people I want to 
bring on that I've already had. Um, so thank you guys so much, and hope you guys all, and especially you, John, have a great, wonderful rest of the week. Great. Okay, bye, John. Take care, man. Bye. All right, later.